to The Truth In His Art. I am your host, The Rob Lee. You know, I gotta put that in front. Uh, today, I have the privilege of being in conversation with relationship expert, voice artist, multimedia personality, and accomplished author of two Penguin Random House top-selling relationship guides, Stripped Bear, The 12 Truths That Will Help You Land the Very Best Black Man, and Let's Get It On, 15 Hot Tips and Tricks to Spice Up Your Sex Life. Please welcome LaDawn Black. Oh, I'm excited to be here. I really, really am. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on and um, being here. We're, we're here at uh, the BMI. We're in the communications it gallery. Is. It's gorgeous. It's, it's a really interesting space. I feel mm -hmm. like I'm part of TV and radio now. I, I thought it would be apt to bring you in here for this because I was like, all right, do you want to do the interview inside one of the car exhibits? Like, yeah, so uh, here's the microphone. You get the front seat. I'll be in the back. Here's some questions. I mean, that could have a sexy connotation to it as well. This is true. This is true. I, I started thinking of that bit from um, Rats. It's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to have sex in a very in a, um, uncomfortable location. Mm -hmm. And the, the bit is one thing. It's like, in the back of a Volkswagen? <laughs> I was like, no, he means something very different. It's not a Volkswagen. So with that, before we get too, too deep into the conversation, um, I want to open it up with uh, a, a thing that some people find uncomfortable and some people mm -hmm. are like, yeah, I love talking about myself. Ooh. Tell us the LaDon Black story. Um, like ultimately your career in media, writing, radio, and ultimately any life experience that crafted your creative, well, help inform your creative sensibilities? Well, you know what? It, it was a thing where I've always wanted to be a writer. Mm -hmm. And so one day I was just like, well, you know, I'm going to write this big American novel. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be Toni Morrison. It's going to be, you know, life changing for folks. I tried it. That didn't work. Yeah. So I actually had someone say to me, you always give good love advice. Your friends come to you. They want relationship advice. Write a relationship book and see what happens. So that's what I did. I wrote a relationship book. I just said, look, this is my personal 15 tips to help you get a guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Didn't go to school for this. This is just your best girlfriend advice. And people loved it. Yeah. And so the book turned into a radio show here in Baltimore that had a tremendous run. And then it turned into TV. And then it turned into a bigger book deal. Yeah. So things just started to roll from there. So, you know, the TV, radio, all that stuff just sort of came from that one little book that told women how to get a man. That's great. That's mm -hmm. great. It's a great start off. So in, in going into like media and kind of taking that kind of like that arc, if you will, mm -hmm. right? Like, what was it to say, you know what, I really do want to do this. Because some people will say, books are my lane, right. advice is my lane, that's it. Um, so in making that kind of like mm -hmm. leap, what, what was the thinking in that? Well, I'll share a story with you that probably not told anyone outside of my family. Okay. Okay. So my first job was working the drive-thru at Popeye's in Suitland, Maryland. And I was about 14 years old. But the reason they put me in drive-thru is because I've always had this voice. Sure. Yeah. So as a 14-year-old, it would be the giggles of the restaurant, the grown folk that I worked with, yeah. to have me talk through the box. May I help you? Oh, what would you like? What do you want to drink? Is that what you want to drink? You sure you want that? And you want it hot or cold? And then they would roll around and it would be the skinny 14-year-old. And they'd be like, ah! <laughs> so with that being said, I've always known that my voice has an effect on people. Um, I would do the announcements in church and yeah. people would be a lot more interested in the announcements. Like, oh. <laughs> oh, is what, that what, what else we got? 
How much you want to touch? <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> so the voice has always had an impact. But strangely enough, I never thought of it as a career yeah. that I could actually be in broadcasting, that the voice could pay. And so in writing the book, everyone's like, well, you know, have you thought about radio? And actually what happened uh, here in Baltimore at 92Q was I went in for a radio interview. The station manager heard my voice and he was like, uh, you need to come back. <laughs> and so eventually I got the gig. But, you know, I just never really thought about it. It's, it's probably a story that you've heard from a lot of people. Like it just was sort of an accident, a wonderful accident, yeah. but definitely an accident. Yeah, I, I, I hear the thing of, Rob, your voice is so blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I was like, is it? I was like... <laughs> I don't know. It's you like, do have a great voice. Well, well thank you. You do. I, I range in the course of a weekend, though. If it's a uh -oh. weekend and I've had a little bit of uh, a drink vermouth these days, <laughs> I'm very refined, a sniff of vermouth, uh -huh. I, I sound like a different person. Uh, I was doing this transatlantic bit for mm -hmm. a while, and it's like, why do you sound like that? <laughs> and So you actually go into different, what, like, you, like you have accents? I and, do. Oh. <laughs> I do. I mean, I got a piece of advice. Um, at a convention, actually, mm -hmm. from uh, this voice actor, uh, Bo Billingsley, and he's like a little guy, what have you, always mm -hmm. plays like these rough and tumble dudes. Right. But he always, uh, the characters that he voiced, um, they're always like big guys, but he's mm -hmm. a little dude. And he was talking about <laughs> being able to have a range. Right. And I was like, all right, maybe this is my prep that I'm not even thinking of doing that I'm actually doing. Because um, when pe people are always surprised when they see me in person, like, oh, oh what? <laughs> It's, it's, their face do it does multiple no, things. I mean, it could be. Wow, I'm impressed. Why are you taking it negative? You should not take it negative. This is true. This yeah. is true. I think I take it as surprise. Like, all right, all right. So who let this bear in here? So so let's talk about. And I think this is very apt for kind of mm -hmm. where we're at. I think enough people have like listened to this podcast and listened to you on the radio, mm -hmm. been through your books and all the work that you've done. Let's talk about like embracing your personality and being like truly ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like I found that you know people connect to a personality, mm -hmm. and it's like you can have a great podcast but no personality attached. You can have a great like like uh, presentation in other facets, whether it's in like movies or anything along those lines, if they don't like you personally, you know, or feel like they know you personally, right. they're not connecting with you. You can mm -hmm. do like the greatest roles, like I don't like him though. <laughs> so how do you like go about presenting who LaDon Black is on the radio, audible and print with like who you really are, like or maybe outside of that mm -hmm. capacity? You know, it, to me, it's always been to be real mm. on air. Um, so in anything that I do, books, radio, TV, whatever, I try to be authentic. So, no, I don't have all the answers. Some of the stuff people say, yes, it makes me laugh, too. Some stuff doesn't make sense. And I'll go, that don't make no sense. But, okay, <laughs> if you like it, I love it. You know, that type of thing. You have to be genuine in your responses. But then you also have to be general, uh, I say genuine, I should say, in how you relate to your audience as well. So that interaction. So if you call and you talk to me on air, you know, that make you feel like, yeah, we're just having a conversation. But more importantly, especially having been on the air here in Baltimore, it was if you run into me at my kid's school, if you run into me at the grocery store, you're going to get the same LaDon that you hear on air. You know, I'm not telling you your favorite sexual position. <laughs> but, you know, you're going to get a genuine personality. Yeah. And I think people connect with authenticity. And I think that's yeah. really where sort of all of that sort of celebrity culture is going now. You know, are you really who you you know, want us to believe you are. Yeah, I feel like there are like media Gallup polls that kind of float out mm -hmm. there of like, hmm, you're down a few points. You better, yeah. better do something <laughs> you real. You better adjust real quick. 
Yeah, yeah and I, I think here it's definitely big. Like if you come off as fake or something like that, yeah, why are you phony? Absolutely no. I mean, when I first joined the station here in the city, I'm originally from DC. I don't mm. hide the fact. I know. Look at look, look, look. There's my water. As he picks up his water. Um, but I've never hidden the fact that I'm from DC and I've never sat around and said, Oh, you know, I know all about Poly City's thing. Oof, city right here, by the way. Oh, my son went to city, so yay gang, city. Gang, gang. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I don't speak about Baltimore in a way that people speak about it who were born and raised here. Sure. However, I love the city. Yeah. You can talk about the city all day and how much I love it. East side, west side, all that stuff. Whoop. We can talk about that. <laughs> but I think you have to be authentic. You have to be who you are and you have to genuinely connect with people. Yeah, I, I think that's what gets this over, these sorts of conversations mm -hmm. over where, you know, I, I read like books on art, I read books on like just mm -hmm. how to connect with people, how to elicit a certain response from someone. And I could just say, yeah, so tell me about this, this and this. And that's not really eliciting mm -mm. anything. But if I'm like trying to connect with you, mm -hmm. that comes through in the end product. It comes through in what the um, maybe what the listeners are getting. Like, I feel like I'm just listening to your conversations. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. That's the intent. And it's very important. Authenticity is a major part of it. Being being real is a major part of that. Mm -hmm. And if it just comes by, like, I'm just using these highly just like using those five dollar SAT words. It's like. <laughs> That's not how you talk in real life. And they don't really want to hear it. And then it's also creating a safe space. So mm -hmm. creating a safe space, you know, if you're interviewing a celebrity, you know, a lot of times they come in the room and they're like, oh, Lord, she's going to ask me questions about <laughs> who I'm dating, who I'm married to, yeah. what I'm doing. And they don't want to answer it. But if you create a space where, look, we're just going to play this little game and you can say, you can just wink at me and I'll, I'll giggle and let people know whether or not you've actually done it. <laughs> you know, you can make it a safe space. And then when you're just dealing with your listeners and viewers, making sure that, you know, the fact that you want to, you know, dress up in your My Little Pony pajamas and that's the thing that turns you on, you know, or yeah. you like to dress up in your bare suit and rub yourself up against other people. Yeah. All good. We can do all of that. Mm -hmm. There's no judgment in yeah. this space. It's blue kink, you know. Right. I've seen anything, you know, it's just the bare necessities, as it were. Right. And that's so stupid. Uh, so th th this is this is interesting, Ron. And having like a background in providing like relationship advice, any advice really, but mm -hmm. relationship advice, it can be very tricky. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us how you like separate, and I, and I think it kind of ties to that previous question. But tell us how you separate maybe personal opinion on a certain like challenge someone may be mm -hmm. having or inquiry someone may have um, from like what you may believe as, as, a, as an individual mm -hmm. and while providing like sound advice because it's like I may not do this but I think this might be what you should do right you know what it's you're always presented with things that you go that is outside the realm of anything I've ever thought of or would consider but you have to understand one I, one of the standards that I set for the radio show is that if, if we're adults talking to adults, it's all good. Yeah. All right. So if we're talking adult interactions, whatever turns you on, I'm willing to have that conversation with you. And then if someone put a thought out there that I didn't agree with, you know, when I started radio, you know, it was really still, we were still in that anti-gay space. Like, yeah. oh, we we're not talking ain't about, about it. We're talking about that now. We're <laughs> not going to talk about it. We don't do it. We're yeah. not going to even go there. Um, so I would get callers, you know, when we would have these frank conversations and people would call in for love advice and it was clearly man, man, woman, woman, whatever, they would be like, well, why is that on air? You know, kids are listening. I'm like at 11 o'clock at night, really? Like Should your kids really be listening? You know, yeah. what, what do you tell me about your parenting skills? <laughs> but, you know, 
I would let that call play where they would disagree with my opinions or the facts that I would let people talk about these things. But also I would, you know, you know, go back in, you know, at the end of the call and say, look, that's not what I personally believe. This is what I think. And this is how we're going to operate on this show. But you get a platform as well. So you have to know what your limits are, but also provide a space for people to be and do and say the things that they need to say, because I think that's the fun of any type of entertainment is hearing sometimes a different thought, a a controversial thought, something that you didn't think uh, you would even want to listen to. Yeah. And I think it opens it up for discourse too, where Mm -hmm. when someone like we we, we do this thing now where we, we do and it's not an anti-cancellation sort of thing, mm-hmm. but it is more of a, no, let's just stop it versus, no, no, I want to hear the full thing so I can understand it to actually make it more normalized mm-hmm. versus just, no, we don't talk about that here. It's like, mm-hmm. no, like, like you were touching on, here's a platform. I may not agree with it, but I think you have the, the right, if you will, to have your position, be able to speak your truth, if you mm-hmm. will. Yeah, title, it's fine. <laughs> and, but be able to share that right. and maybe have some understanding and there have been folks that I've talked to on here that, you know, may have looked at what they do as not an art or not creative or not valid. And they would come wow. back and say, wow, having this conversation, you treated me like an artist. You treated me like my, work's ma- my work matters. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, because it does. Right. And it leads to a different understanding versus, oh, I'm not important. <laughs> and it, it's it's really funny. Like I think that that's what I'm more into being able to have that broader conversation mm-hmm. to have some type of understanding. Because um, I think you know when people are talking about you, right behind your back, <laughs> you want to understand the parlance of the day. It's like, oh, oh, okay. So you called him a sloppy party bottom. Okay, cool, cool. That's whoa. I know what that means. I don't want to Google everything. You know. Right. So, so how did you, how did you manage, or do you do you feel that being a, a voice of influence mm-hmm. is a certain level of like responsibility? Like, how do you manage yeah. that? It absolutely is a level of responsibility. Um, I realized that my listeners didn't all look like me. Yeah. They all weren't raised the same way. Um, their experiences of romance, love, and sex were totally different. So I felt very early on that it was important that all the voices were heard. Um, I also realized that there were young kids listening Mm -hmm. and sort of figuring out what their sexuality was or what love, you know, really looks like and what does that all of that mean. So that was important. And there's a degree of responsibility in that as well. So yeah, you know, messaging around being protected when you have sex, Uh, messaging around, you know, if things are going on that are inappropriate or that you don't want, who do you need to talk to? Um, You know, so those conversations were had as well. Because I think as much as you want to entertain, as much as you want to tantalize and have fun, there is a degree of responsibility that's Mm -hmm. part of it. And I think that I was able to strike the balance where you still felt like you were listening to a naughty show, yeah. but yet you weren't listening to crazy information. Yeah. Inf- information is, is important. Mm-hmm. I think how we get it out there, it's, um, what is it? It's like the, the grape juice with the, the, the syrup. <laughs> syrup. And, and I, I find like there, there's something that's lacking in it. Um, like nowadays where mm-hmm. it's like, it doesn't take much for you to just have a podcast or have a voice out there. So it's like, you know, as I said earlier, I think it's important that people have their positions, but also is a certain responsibility. And mm-hmm. I think if people are aware of it and it seems like there are only certain people able to talk about sex and relationships and it's done in a way that it's like, all right, mm-hmm. where are we at? Like, I feel like there's a shift. <laughs> there is. It's like, there's like, this is a bit much. It is. And it's, 
it's not overboard, but it's like you guys are leaning a little bit too far into the entertainment piece. Mm -hmm. And it goes for like, uh, I guess, content that's in this sort of uh, binary normative thing mm -hmm. um, that, oh, well, this is the women's podcast and we get raunchy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, these are the guys and like, we get dumb. Right. And, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is what I look at. I was like. I was like, oh, I don't know. I was like, oh, all mm -hmm. right. Where's the filth at, though? This just seems like hot mm -hmm. takes. So, what, what have you seen? Like, what, what would you like want to see like like different in that regard? Mm -hmm. I, I would like to. One, I agree with your assessment because I think that because things go viral and because things because they go viral, pay mm -hmm. um, people pick those two lanes because if I'm raunchy, I get paid. And if I'm really, really silly, dumb or anti-woman, yeah. I get paid as well. So I think it's, we understand why it happens. But as far as, are you helping anybody? Are you informing anybody? Are you really entertaining? Or are you just going to be a 30 second clip mm -hmm. on social media? You know, those are the things that are in question. So I think what we need to realize is that there is a responsibility to go back to your responsibility question. There is a responsibility because if I click on 30 seconds of, oh, this was just really funny and interesting. Yeah. And then I go back and there's nothing else there that's going to protect me, inform me or let me know that you're actually someone that I should be listening to. Yeah. Um, then what's the value in that? So I think I have no problem with quote unquote regular people saying, look, you know, I've had this experience. I want to share it and help others. Yeah. No problem with that. I'm a regular person who's decided to do that. I just think that we have to get back to responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, and we also have to see sometimes where our blind spots are. So I'm a guy and I've been hurt by women and I'm just going to go uh, out here and say, speak brother. That speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go out here and just say that women are messing things up and women don't know their value and they're overvaluing themselves and guys, you know, are being emasculated and blah, 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 whatever that is. Yeah. Um, I have to also understand and be willing to say, well, I'm, I feel this way because my mom was mistreated or I feel this way because I've been mistreated in relationships or I've had bad relationships. There doesn't seem to be a balance. And there used to be a balance where you, know, you would get the guys going in on the girls, yeah. but they would also say, yeah, but I haven't always been mm -hmm. the greatest guy. You would get the women who would be raunchy and talk about sex in crazy and insane ways. But they would also say, well, you know, romance is still pretty important mm -hmm. as well. We need to strike a balance. Yeah, um, I, I've made two attempts in in doing a a, a sex ed oriented podcast mm -hmm. around people of color and doing all of that, mm -hmm. and always looked at it from the standpoint of not replicating, but nothing's new, right? Mm -hmm. But it, it, an attempt to replicate a what you would get from like a love line or something mm -hmm. like that. Like I mm -hmm. want something that's educational, and I want to be you know, the mid, the, 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 the mm -hmm. avatar for your common person. It's like you have this person that knows maybe the Kinsey stuff or what mm -hmm. have you and that studied this and me is, so tell me about butt stuff, you know, <laughs> right. or, or whatever. And, you know, like, and I remember at times, uh, especially in the second iteration of this, mm -hmm. you know, people would reach back out to my co-hosts and they would say like, yeah, you know, Rob was dropping some knowledge about being a, you know, what some certain things that he's experienced mm -hmm. being a bigger guy and being in this sort of lane. And, you know, but then also it's like a weird confidence that it does, it's like conflicting. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, can we examine that more and getting that sort of feedback because people felt value in that mm -hmm. versus just having to take, as you were talking mm -hmm. about, your 30 second sort of, here's this bit and let's move on to the next thing. Right. It's, it's disposable in some regards. Mm -hmm. 
So I want to, I want to talk about um, writing a little bit. Mm-hmm. So as a person wearing many hats, you're not wearing a hat currently. No. But as a person wearing many, <laughs> big hair, but not hat. Not, not a hat. <laughs> so as a person wearing many hats, as many creatives do, mm-hmm. um, you have to be a little bit more judicious on how you spend your time. I mm-hmm. know that I do. Uh, when you're taking on a project, perhaps writing, what is like the first thing you do, something that's in the middle and, and something towards the end in terms of the process? Is it like, look, I have a nice warm cup of coffee or tea and figure out which direction I want to go here. How many pages is this going to be? And on page 69, there will always be a heart or whatever. Like, what is the, the thing for you? Oh, my gosh. You know what? Being a writer and then having interviewed lots and lots of writers, you know, in our minds, we like to say, oh, they're in a cabin and the cabin's on the water and they're drinking, you know, fine wine or having that great coffee and they're writing all day. And mm-hmm. and then, you know, it's just a process. And, and they, no, most writers, like most creatives, you're either feeling it or you're not. Mm-hmm. So you get this groove where you're like, I have something I want to say. I have something I want to create. Uh, for me, the process is I I have a book that's in my head, a message that I want to pursue. And so usually it starts with, okay, well, let me just put it on paper. So it's usually just an outline yeah. sketch. And then I'm a procrastinator. So, oh, I would love to have this out by February of 2023 because it's Valentine's Day. This yeah. would be great. <laughs> so then you find I'm the person who's like, oh, January 15th, oh, maybe I might want to write it at this point. So, you know, not that, you know, not yeah. specifically that, but, you know, I'm a last minute person. Mm-hmm. So last minute means that we're going to get it on the page. We're going to write and then we're going to edit and then we're going to send it to people to edit and then we're going to try to sell it. And then you get up into that structure, mm-hmm. but it really starts with a great idea and sort of who my audience will be and in an audience that I feel like needs to be spoken to when it comes to love, sex, and relationships. That's where it starts. Mm-hmm. And then you just grind after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you know, bump and grind. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think my process starts off with a big Carl Thomas sweater, uh, especially during this time of the year, you know, just do a little bit of this outside. Say, oh, it's that time, guys. Yeah, but, but I, I definitely agree with it where I've been trying to insert mm-hmm. more since everything is so digital and I feel like it leads to like hmm, I'm losing ideas here mm-hmm. because I'm being too uh, manicured in how I approach it and it's like it let me delete be. this I'd rather keep a notepad on me mm-hmm. and like on a Monday morning it's like I'm locked in that is when I'm at my most productive and then it kind of dwindles down mm-hmm. and I know we have this idea of um, we make art within the time that's permitted but I believe like for me on a Monday that's what I'm going to get my questions done mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do a lot of my research mm-hmm. um, just just because I'm like fresh in that regard and I don't have maybe the week's interviews in my head mm-hmm. of wow that was a really cool conversation because I want to keep those things siloed and separate because an interview may come out at a different time and it's right. like I can't reference this person in this conversation. <laughs> Sounds like, like intentionally vague, but mm-hmm. I think in the beginning of the week, being able to go through old interviews, go through old past press clippings and questions mm-hmm. and do the research on the guest to come up with questions that I think I'm interested in mm-hmm. and I think that the listeners might be interested in. But, you know, sometimes I'm a little too far out. Mm-hmm. Like, I know for September, right? I had 45 interviews scheduled. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not writing all of these in the beginning of the month. I was like, I'm going to do these week to week. It's going to be like, this is the date and here's the questions. Because right. you may have just different uh, concepts mm-hmm. that pop up. And it's like, no, that's a question I really want to ask this dude. Or 
Yeah, I wonder how she does that. Mm -hmm. So I think in doing it like up front, it's like I like to edit as I've been doing right, right. here as I go along because new concepts pop up, new ideas. Mm -hmm. and it's like you may not know that a person's like, yo, I really like peanut butter. Right. In this sort of way. And like, <laughs> what's, what's Jeff? Skippy? <laughs> and it goes in a whole different direction. Yeah. But it's interesting. But it's an interesting direction. Yeah. And that's the thing that you have to kind of look out for. So when you go back and look at recent work, and I was telling you a little bit before we got started mm -hmm. about some of my old work. So you look at recent work compared to like older work. Mm -hmm. Describe that like feeling like and looking at, all right, this was my first book. This is my most recent book. Or wow, looking at some old clips on maybe mm -hmm. YouTube of, you know, time on the radio and such. Right. And versus now. Tell me about that, that feeling. Um, definitely from the radio standpoint, you know, I look at some of my earlier interviews, listen to some of the older shows and I could just tell I was really prepared. Like, <laughs> I had my questions, I had my topic, I had, you know, everything was really, really prepared where, you know, almost 20 years in the game at this point. You know, I could sit down across from you. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, I still need to know, you know, who you are, what you do, why you're here. Mm -hmm. But literally, like you just said, you know, we're going to talk about your project. We're going to talk about the reason you're here. But if we connect around kids or if we connect around, you know, what it's like to be dating now over 40 or whatever, you know, whatever that connection is, that's really what you run with. Because, you know, especially if you're talking to someone who's known, They've done the project interview everywhere. Yes. <laughs> so after a while, you know, do I need to hear the date and where, when it's coming and who's featured? No, yeah. I want to get to know you. So you really have to plug into those unique features. So that's the big thing. Interview wise, I can tell I've grown. I've gotten a lot more comfortable. Yeah. You know, when it comes to books, um, you know, I have a different story to tell now. You know, the story I was telling then was, oh, how to find your ideal guy, how to sex your ideal guy, because I was married and I was successful and this is great. Like I found love. But, you know, situations change. Yeah. And so now the focus is more so on what is it like to go back out there and date when you didn't date when people were doing online yeah. dating like all of this is new. Like it's a whole different environment. Um, but it's fun to have those conversations now, to look at projects from that perspective, um, to look at it from how do you really introduce your kids to someone that you're dating? Like, yeah. do you even do that? Like, is that ever a good idea? You know, those types of questions that I didn't really tackle 20 years ago, I can, you know, tackle those questions now. So you kind of see sort of where your life is taking you, where your career is taking you, and the conversations change. But the plus is, is that you've been in these spaces so long that the conversations are easier to have. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I look at like interviews that I've done in the past. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll interview someone else like twice or what have you. Mm -hmm. It's been a few where I was like, I've interviewed you twice in six months, bro. Like, what's new? <laughs> Like, what do you got? Like, I tried to do the expose thing. Now you're just, you know, exposing me and looking mid. But yeah, it, it is one of those things. And I look back at, you know, my journey as a podcaster mm -hmm. and just how I approach certain things. Like, absolutely. Um, being overprepared and doing all mm -hmm. of this. And I look at it. I was like, I was 24 and I just got started. I'll be 38 in January. And I was like, hmm. I'm a different dude now, a bunch of different dude. <laughs> it's like, I'm not talking about this anymore. Or even just, you know, having, I, I, I have a through point of like, I'm still who I am, mm -hmm. but it's like my position is a little bit more refined and a little bit more mature in a certain area and other, other areas. It's like, 
I've expanded, mm -hmm. you know, but in some areas it's like, this is going to be the same. This is just who I am. This mm -hmm. is embedded in what my experience is being, you know, a black male from East Baltimore. That's just there. That's mm -hmm. what that experience is. But in having over 500 conversations with different creative types, mm -hmm. I start speaking in the parlance. I start speaking in right. the quote unquote jargon for us marketing mm -hmm. people. Ha -ha. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it'd be a lot more of these, uh, the four P's or five P's. I don't right. know. <laughs> Um, so your, your career includes like being a relationship expert for oxygen, BT, TV one, mm -hmm. CW, Wendy Williams, a lot of, a lot of, so many of the name. Mm -hmm. Uh, and how, where does your work on that spectrum, where does your work fall like overall between, um, being driven by passion or curiosity? Where, where does it fall at? Oh, that's a good question. I like it. <laughs> um, Curiosity is a big piece for me. I am nosy. I like to know what you're <laughs> doing. Um, so, you know, everybody in my family says, look, you are the one person that people will tell them, tell you everything about themselves and leave and know nothing about you. <laughs> feel like they had a full conversation. Like, wow, I feel so <laughs> great. I learned so much. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. But I will know all your business. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm just one of those people. I'm curious. Yeah. I'm going to let you talk. And nothing that you say will surprise or shock me. So you're going to tell me even more. Um, so, yes, a lot of it comes, especially in that love space, from curiosity and wanting to understand what people are doing. You know, really, what turns you on? What mm -hmm. motivates you? Um, and then also a piece of it is, too, I'm an entertainer, you know, uh, so I think that it's always fun to let people have a good time. Mm -hmm. People come into different spaces because they want to have fun. So you have to entertain to a certain extent as well. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of wine and cheese and crackers and all that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so th this is a bullet point to this, that previous question. Um, this is overarching. This is, this is putting you on a spot, but this mm -hmm. is also overarching. Um, how can folks with an X, I guess, uh, be more proactive in, in making love, sex and relationships happen? Ooh. And this is generalities, obviously. So you're just saying in general, how can you get more of all the good stuff? Yeah, all the, the yummy, as it were. <laughs> well, you got to let people know that you're interested in the yummy. OK, that's the big thing. You know, I, I've over the years, I've been amazed in talking to people. And they're like, well, you know, I want to date. I want to meet somebody interesting or I just want to have a great experience and share it with someone. And you're in your house. You don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Your friends and family don't know that you're looking for someone. You're not engaged online. Nobody knows. Mm -hmm. And you're in your house. It's not going to happen. Right. So that's the big thing. So you have to let folks know. And as much as we want to be private people, there's no harm in letting people know, you know, I would really like to meet somebody nice. Because mm -hmm. the thing I say is they may hook you up with someone that you're like, mm, I don't want to be bothered with that person. <laughs> but that person has friends and that's the benefit. So you're just expanding your circle. Second thing is you have to stop being so picky. Not that you take everything, mm -hmm. but sometimes you'll be surprised by what you like. You know, you have a list of things that you like, things that you want to bring into your life as far as a person or a situation. But you can be surprised as well. So if I love tall guys and he happens to be 5'4". Oof. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you said that like, that's evil. Sorry, short game. <laughs> you know. I, you have to be open yeah. to things that may not necessarily be 
your type. Okay. And then probably the final bit of advice that I'll give is be honest with yourself. You know, sometimes I, I literally had this conversation with someone a couple of days ago. Oh, she's so nice and she's so wonderful, but she doesn't do anything for me. Like it just, it ain't happening. Like yeah. I, I try, I have to kind of coach my way into that thing. Um, but she's nice and I'm going to feel guilty because I've spent, you know, a couple months, you know, nurturing this thing, but it's not happening. And I'm like, dude, you got to tell her because number one, she already knows that you're not into her. Mm-hmm. I said, and just tell her because at this point you're wasting her time. Yeah. We have to be honest about the things that we want and the things that we don't want and be bold enough to say this ain't it. Yeah. Because a lot of us are wasting time and energy in situations we don't want to be bothered with. I, I remember one point in the whole online scene. I remember I threw out there. It's so, so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to be the most, uh, be as most Aquarius as possible and just saying like something really weird. I was like, yeah, I don't talk to women that speak English. <laughs> and, and the girl's like, she was like, what? what? She's like, what do you mean? And I was just trying to go so extreme that when I initially come back from being the Hulk to Bruce Banner in terms right. of personality, it's like, oh, oh, you're just, you're this guy. Oh, I heard you're worst already. So you're fine. You're fine. And it was just like, I was like, I'm being completely facetious. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, oh, you like to make a joke out of everything. I was like, yes, yes, it's exactly what I do. <laughs> so, so this is the last real question I have before I get to those mm-hmm. great rapid fire questions. Um, so having a background in writing, marketing, media, mm-hmm. as it relates to Baltimore, why must culture be at the forefront, be at the heart of like the healthy development mm-hmm. of this larger community? Because that's what makes Baltimore unique. I mean, you look at your major cities. To me, Baltimore has a strong culture. It's the base of African-American history. You can find that all throughout the streets, throughout the city. Then the unique things about the Baltimore culture, you know, Baltimore club music, you know, the art that's featured here, the famous people who built their careers here, were born here, were educated here. The city is about culture. You can't talk Baltimore and not talk about the twos and the dogs and the dugs and all of that. That is Baltimore. And there's nothing wrong with it. Um, You know, the guys matching their shirts to the shoes. Like that that took me out. Like I was like, how in the world did you find a perfect, like perfect match? Not like the red's a little off sometimes in other cities. And Baltimore is never off. We find the match. So those are things that are very unique, things that are very Baltimore. And I think the people here love it. And it's something when people visit, they feel and they experience and they love it as well. So you can talk about, you know, oh, it's great housing options, you know, affordable city, city that's open 24 hours, lots to do, great areas where you can feel safe, great areas that you can go to and experience history. All those things are wonderful. But Baltimore is about culture. It's about the people. It's being in the neighborhoods, meeting people, experiencing it. That's the beauty of the city, without question. Thank you. That's 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 great. Mm-hmm. That's you know. Uh, shout out to you know the people that don't know any better. They're familiar. <laughs> Look, that was like a little commercial, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, every now and again, there's a there's an ad or so here. It's like, yeah, come visit Baltimore. <laughs> You're like, you'll yeah. enjoy it. I like it. You'll actually like it. Or I actually like it. I think there's a bumper sticker. <laughs> that, that bumper sticker gives me, I get, I get the side eye to it on occasion. I was like, all right, bro, where are you from again? So, all right. So I got some rapid fire questions sure. for you. Yeah. Brevity is key here. Brevity is key. Uh, 
on a Friday night,、mm-hmm. you're typically doing what? Friday night, I am typically cooking out on the waterfront, and I'll just leave it there. Nice.、Mm-hmm. What is your favorite color? And I spelled that color with a U, by the way. Ooh, you gave me the special spelling. <laughs> um, black. I know. Some brand. It's always appropriate. Yeah. Black is. It can be messy and it doesn't show. Like you can spill drinks on yourself or sit in the wrong spot. And you're right. I like black. It's great. Black is great. You just can't eat a beignet. <laughs> no. It's just like. So、I, and you I, can't be linty. Those are the two things you can't be. No, no, no. You can't be linty. No pets. No beignets. I'm, I'm a gray guy. I like gray. You like gray? I like、yeah. gray too. And I、yeah. love gray in houses. And、yeah. I know people are sick of that. They're like, "Will they stop painting the walls gray?"、Yeah, I like, love gray. It's just like get a good gray. No,、yes. no gentrification gray. <laughs> you know, gray and ox blood for me. I like to wear the color of my enemies, and I like to speak about neutrality and somewhere in the middle. It's life.、Uh, If you were offered the opportunity to be a superhero, what、mm-hmm. would your superpower be? Ooh, seeing through clothes, and I'm just gonna leave it there. I'm, I'm here for it. Because it'll be funny and sexy at the same time. I mean, I don't want to see too far. I was like, yo, bro, <laughs> I just want to see underwear layers. Like, you know, those ain't clean, right? What size are those? You need to go up. You need to go up, <laughs> right? Them's a large. <laughs> what What is your um? Go-to snack. I mean,、mm-hmm. I, I enjoy snacking. I don't. I don't know if you're a snacker,、mm-hmm. but I enjoy snacking. I absolutely am. I like Hershey's almond bars. You get it? Yeah,、mm-hmm. but they have to be in the fridge first. So, like, even if you buy them out,、yeah. like running home to put them in the fridge, they have to be cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a I'm a big cashew guy these days.、So. Mm-hmm. I'll get like a handful of nuts. You know,、mm-hmm. it's good with the magnesium, all of that stuff. Yeah, it's healthy. Yeah, and it's like, yo, let me get, get some of that、uh, that Thai seasoning <laughs> to put on top of that.、Mm. A little lime and chili. Oh man, it's just me being bougie, and I and I have it with vermouth. Oh my goodness! I'm a, I'm a bougie dude. I know. I'm like I'm learning things. Bougie probably. That's maybe how I'm going to intro the show <laughs> moving forward. The big bouge.、Uh, now this is the last one I got for you.、Uh-huh. So during your time hosting the Love Zone in '92Q,、mm-hmm. wow,、um, what comes to mind is a really strange call. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You, you know I looked this up, but I want to have it on this platform, so you know I looked this up. All right,、um, I had a man who would call me every night and say that he had on his leopard print panties,、mm. and he just wanted to say it to me every night. And I have no doubt that he was calling me. In his leopard print panties,、mm. and so he would call, and I was like, well, "What do you have on?" Oh, I have on my leopard print panties. I was like, "Really? Your leopard print panties?" And it was so funny because people, you know, of course, we're doing the show, you know, via Facebook, you know, we're on social media with the questions and stuff. And people would comment, "His leopard print panty guy." <laughs> so yeah, he was one of my favorites. I don't know where he is in his leopard print panties. He sounded like he might have been a little older at that、mm-hmm. point, so he may be rest in peace in his leopard print、yeah. panties. But he just liked calling me to tell me that, and it was the highlight of his night. I think that is amazing. <laughs> I think I think I want like crocodile skin panties. It might be a skin condition. I don't know, but that'd be great. Just you know, just here, I'll sag in them. It'll be it'll be great. Yes.、Um, so that's it for me, actually, for the, for the questions.、Um, but I want to、um, 
thank you for coming on to this podcast. And secondarily, that's not a word, but secondly, I want to invite and encourage you to um, tell the fine folks where to check you out, um, where your books absolutely. are at and all of that good stuff. The floor is, is yours. Oh, wow. I get to do a commercial. Yeah, what? absolutely. Okay. I used to call it Shameless Plugs. Shameless Plugs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll do one of those. Um, LaDon Black. You can catch me at uh, Instagram and Twitter. It's Teased by LaDon. Facebook, if you're still old school and you're logging on and having conversations, you can go on to Facebook. As my mom says, the Facebook (laughs) and uh, search down LaDon Black. Also, you can hear me on air because that's usually the question like, are you even on the radio anymore? And I am. I'm on WBLS in New York on the weekends. So make sure you check me out there. WBLS.com, 107.5 FM if you're in the New York area. And uh, I'm always in the Baltimore streets doing something. So you can always catch up with me in the streets. Say hi, guys. That's something we didn't talk about that. You can do it now. You know what? When people see you out, it's the thing that drives me nuts. Okay. If if there's a fan experience, mm-hmm. you know, if I have fans, a fan experience that drives me nuts is to be out and then get a DM that says, oh, I saw you at Safeway. I didn't want to say hi. I'm like, I'm in Safeway. Say hi. You get them neck bones. I ain't going to bother you. So. <laughs> right. Say hi. I need people to say hi. So if you see me out in the streets and I, I know I'm looking crazy, got the mom bun, got the leggings on. Yeah, I know I look nuts. I probably look like I don't want to be bothered. But trust, just say hi. I'm cool. Say hi. Uh, that does not work for me, though. Avoid me at all costs. <laughs> no, say hi to you. Just, just like, uh, that's... <laughs> Just don't get too familiar, bro. Like it's it is East Baltimore. I'm out here. I am gonna be wearing leggings probably. Uh yeah, yeah, definitely wear leggings and and Doc Martens and yeah. It depends. It depends if I have the shaved head. Mm-hmm. I have a little hair right now, but if I have the shaved head and I just got the beard and the leggings and like a hoodie, it's like Don't, 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 don't. It's like don't don't run up on me. For holding the microphone, please, please do. I'm looking for interviews. <laughs> Hi guys. Hey funders. Uh you don't get to pick though. That's, no, that's the true. thing. That's true. You don't get to pick. Now the only fan experience that I've had that I've been like, ooh. Okay. Spend it. <laughs> you ready for this please. one? Please. The only time it's inappropriate is when you're in the doctor's office and like something is leaking or bleeding or something like that. And they're like, I grew up listening to you. Are you the lady on the radio? I'm like, in this moment, no, I'm not. In this moment, I'm trying to decide if I have pneumonia or not. If you're part of my medical situation, Please act like you don't know me. It, it just will make me feel a lot better. Just yeah. act like you don't know me. It's like, damn, Rob hated your last episode. You know your blood pressure is a little high right now. It's like you can't you can't do those like back to back. We can't mix that. We I can't mix that. Those are different things. Like, yeah, I'm I'm still getting used to it. Of, mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I'm a noticeable individual. Mm-hmm. But people say, "Yo, love the podcast." I'm like from streets away. I was like, "Who said that?" It's like I'm in a horror movie. It's right. like, yo, just you yelling it. I'm like, yeah, like I. So. There you have it, folks. Um, I want to again thank LaDon Black for coming on to the podcast. The great LaDon Black for coming on to the podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there is uh, art, culture, um, sexy things in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for them. Absolutely.